Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with the first and last as we pick up in Isaiah, chapter 48, verse 13. And now with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. They have developed a whole new theory of the universe. And that is that the universe is continually and constantly expanding, clearing out. In other words, uh, the, the present theory, the Big Bang, everything went out. And as it finally rich, reaches the apogee, that it'll start to pull back together. And finally, all of the stars in the black hole will be drawn and sucked into this big, you know, gravitational black hole that's here in the universe. And all be gone. The reason why it's a black hole, because the gravitational pull is so strong, the light can't escape from it. And so everything's going to be gobbled up by this big black hole until the atoms will be compacted so tightly in this gravitational pull, the big black hole, that something will go wrong and they'll explode again and the whole thing can start over. And out on one little planet, under ideal conditions, (laughs) an amoeba may develop in the ooze. And in billions of years, a new man may again stand upon a new planet in this whole new universe, you know, and start guessing how old (laughs) are the fossils that he found. Now, if indeed the man found a galaxy 50 billion light years away All he did was make God that much bigger. I thought he was big when he could span the universe of 12 billion light years with his right hand. God said, I span it with my right hand. That is, he made, how big is God? You, oh. (laughs) Now, God, I've got this horrible problem. It's so big. I don't know if even you can work this one out, God, you know. (laughs) I need to lift this trunk, and it's so heavy, you know. Oh, if we only realize the greatness of our God. Hearken unto me, O Jacob and Israel. I am the first and the last. My hand laid the foundation of the earth, and my right hand spanned the heavens. And when I call them, they stand, I say, hey, and they come to attention. (laughs) Oh, my, it's going to be glorious to be in heaven and watch God order things around. (laughs) All of ye assemble yourselves and hear, which among them hath declared these things? The Lord hath loved him. He will do his pleasure on Babylon, and his arm shall be on the Chaldeans. I've loved my people. I will do my pleasure, but I will bring out on the Chaldeans and the Babylonians my judgment. I even I have spoken it. Yea, I have called him, I have brought him, and I will make his way prosperous. Now, verse 16, one that really jumped out at me. Come ye near unto me, hear ye this. I have not spoken in secret from the beginning. From the time that it was, there... I am, and now the Lord God and his Spirit hath sent me. 
Who is this speaking? It would have to be Jesus. You remember when Jesus was talking with the Pharisees and they said, we are Abraham's children. He said, if you were the children of Abraham, then would you believe me? Because Abraham rejoiced to see my day and he saw it. And they said, what are you talking about? You're not even 50 years old and you say that Abraham saw you? And Jesus said, before Abraham was, I am. Now you have much the same here. From the beginning, from the time that it was, I am. There I am. And now the Lord God and his spirit hath sent me. Thus saith the Lord, thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, none other than Jesus Christ, I am the Lord thy God, which teacheth thee to profit, which leadeth thee by the way that you should go. Oh, that you would have hearkened to my commandments. Then had your peace been as a river and your righteousness as the waves of the sea. Oh, if you'd only listen, the Lord said. I'm the one who has taught you to prosper. God has put it in their, them, that uncanny ability to prosper. I have led you in the way that you should go. Oh, if you'd only have hearkened to my commandments, then your peace would have been as a river. The people, it is interesting, many of them are angry with God because of that furnace of affliction that they have gone through. But that has only come as the result of their not obeying the commandments of God. Had they only obeyed. Now, even today, they are seeking to effect before God a righteousness, not of the covenant of the law, but of their own making, a righteousness of works. As on Yom Kippur, they balance their good deeds with their evil and offer their good works unto God for an atonement for their sins. And yet God's covenant said, without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. And so God says, hey, if you'd only listen, if you'd only obeyed my commandments, your peace would have been as a river. Thy seed also has been as the sand and your offspring as a bowels like the gravel thereof. His name should not have been cut off nor destroyed from before me. Go ye forth of Babylon, flee from the Chaldeans with the voice of singing, declare ye, tell this, utter it even to the end of the earth. Say ye, the Lord hath redeemed his servant Jacob. And they thirsted not when he led them through the deserts. He caused the waters to flow out of the rock for them. He claved the rock also and the waters gushed out. There is no peace, saith the Lord, for the wicked." Now, if you'd only obeyed the commandments, your peace would have been like a river, but there is no peace for, for the wicked. Now, in chapter 49, we have a fabulous prophecy of Jesus Christ. In the first seven verses, as God speaks to the Redeemer that he is sending, listen, O coast, unto me. Hearken, ye people, from far, for the Lord hath called me from the womb. From the bowels of my mother hath he made mention of my name. And he hath made my mouth like a sharp sword. And in the shadow of his hand hath he hid me and made me a polished shaft in his quiver hath he hid me. 
You go back to Psalm 22, that glorious prophetic messianic psalm uh, of David. And uh, we read there in Psalm 22, verse 9, But thou art he that took me out of the womb. Thou didst make me hope when I was upon my mother's breast. I was cast upon thee from the womb. Thou art my God from my mother's belly. And that is the equivalent here to thou hast called me from the womb. From the bowels of my mother hast thou made mention of my name. You have made my mouth like a sharp sword. We are told that uh, the word that goes forth out of his mouth is like a sharp two-edged sword. Revelation. In the shadow of his hand hath he hid me and made me a polished shaft in a quiver he hid me. And he said unto me, Thou art my servant, O Israel. And in this Israel is the true name expressed that is in Christ. He was a man who was governed by God, in whom I will be glorified. Then I said, I have labored in vain, for he came to his own, his own received him not. He was despised and rejected. He was crucified. He said, I have labored in vain. I have spent my strength for nothing and in vain. Yet surely my judgment is with the Lord and my work with my God. As they rejected him, as they despised him, his coming to them was in vain. And now saith the Lord that formed me from the womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob again to him. The purpose of Jesus Christ was to bring Jacob back to God, back to the Father. Though Israel be not gathered, yet shall I be glorious in the eyes of the Lord, and my God shall be my strength. And he said, Is it a light thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore the preserved of Israel? I will also give thee for a light to the Gentiles that thou mayest be my salvation unto the end of the earth. And so Jesus, who was rejected by the Jews, has become a light unto the Gentiles. And the gospel of Jesus Christ has come unto us who were once alienated from God and far off from the promises, but through him we've been brought nigh. Oh, thank God for the light of Jesus Christ unto the Gentiles. Thus saith the Lord, the Redeemer of Israel and his Holy One, to him whom man despised, to him whom the nation abhorred, to the servant of rulers, kings shall see and arise, princes also shall worship because of the Lord that is faithful and the Holy One of Israel, and he shall choose thee. So the work of Christ among the Gentiles, the kings, worshiping and so forth, as the gospel of Jesus Christ has permeated many kingdoms of the Gentiles. Now, even so, God is going to preserve the people of Israel. Thus saith the Lord, in an acceptable time have I heard thee. In the day of salvation have I helped thee. I will preserve thee and give thee for a covenant of the people to establish the earth to cause to inherit the desolate heritages that you may say to the prisoners, go forth to them that are in darkness, show yourselves 
They shall feed in the ways and their pastures shall be in the high places. They shall not hunger nor thirst, neither shall the heat nor the sun smite them. For he that hath mercy on them shall lead them. Even by the springs of water shall he guide them. Uh, this brings to mind in Revelation chapter 7. Uh, and they shall hunger and thirst no more, neither shall the sun shine upon them and all. It is equivalent to Revelation 7, 16. And I will make all my mountains away, and my highways shall be exalted. Behold, these shall come from far, and lo, these from the north and from the west, and these from the land of China. Sinem is the land of the east. Sing, O heavens, and be joyful, O earth. Break forth into singing, O mountains, for the Lord hath comforted his people and will have mercy upon his afflicted. But Zion said, The Lord hath forsaken me, and my Lord hath forgotten me. Now he speaks here about the fact that he's going to bring them back again. He'll gather them from the north and from the west and from the east. And yet they're going to say, The Lord's forsaken me. And you go today and the Declaration of so many Jews is where was God during the Holocaust? God's forsaken us, and they are still proclaiming that God has forsaken them. But God said, Can a woman forget her nursing child, that she should not have compassion on the son of her womb? Well, they may forget, but I will not forget thee. They accuse God of forsaking them. God said, no way. I haven't forgotten you. Can a nursing mother forget her nursing child? You remember in Psalm 137 is the Psalm of Babylonian captivity. When we were in Babylon by the rivers, we sat down, we wept when we remembered Zion. We hanged our harps on the willows in the midst thereof, and they that had carried us away captive said, Sing us one of your songs. And they required some happy songs from us, saying, Sing one of the songs of Zion. But how shall we sing the Lord's songs in a strange land? Now, some of the old rabbis say that the next two verses are God's response to this cry, and that it was actually God who declared, if I forget thee, O Jerusalem, let my right hand forget its cunning. If I do not remember thee, let my tongue cleave to the roof of my mouth. If I prefer not Jerusalem above my chief joy. And some of the old rabbis say that that is God speaking there in response to the people who were captives in Babylon, who said, God has forgotten us, God has forsaken us. And of course, here, God said, can a mother forsake her or forget her nursing child? She would not have compassion and love for that. Well, she might, but I won't forget. You might find some case where you say, well, there's a mother forgot her. Well, God said, well, all right, but I still won't. Behold, I have graven thee upon the palms of my hands. Your walls are continually before me. Your children shall make haste, your destroyers, and they that made thee waste shall go forth of thee. Lift up thine eyes round about, and behold, all these gather themselves together. They come to thee. As I live, saith the Lord, thou shalt surely clothe thee with them all as with an ornament, and bind them on thee as a bride doeth. 
For thy waste and thy desolate places and the land of thy destruction shall even now be too narrow by reason of the inhabitants. And they that swallow thee up shall be far away. The children which thou shalt have after thou hast lost the other shall say again in thine ears, The place is too straight for me. Give place to me that I may dwell. Then shalt thou say in thine heart, Who hath begotten me these, seeing I have lost my children and am desolate, a captive, and removeth to, removing to and fro? And who hath brought up these? Behold, I was left alone. These, where had they been? So he speaks about them coming into the land and being prospered and the land being too small for them and their desire to extend and expand their borders. Now, the regathering and the rebuilding of the nation Israel has been a very remarkable thing in our days. And God's purposes are to be fulfilled there. It's exciting because God fulfilled his promise. He's brought them back into the land. They are dwelling there. But they are seeking to expand. They, they say the area that we have is too small. And if you look at it, it is a very small area. Not much. Well, actually, you can drive from one side of Israel to the other in two hours. You can drive from one end to the other in six hours. Gives you an idea of the size of Israel. It's two hours wide and six hours long driving in a car but it's about 5,800 years deep. The history that is there in the land goes back. So God speaks here that they're going to say, hey, we need to expand our borders. There's not enough room. The land will be too narrow for you by reason of the inhabitants. Thus saith the Lord God. Now God here speaks of the judgment he's going to bring on their oppressors. Behold, I will lift up my hand to the Gentiles and set up my standard to the people, and they shall bring their sons in their arms, and thy daughter shall be carried upon their shoulders, and kings shall be thy nursing fathers, and their queens thy nursing mothers. They shall bow down to thee with their face toward the earth and lick up the dust of thy feet, and thou shalt know that I am the Lord, for they will not be ashamed that wait for me. The glorious day of Israel's future when the kings of the earth come and pay their homage year by year. Shall the prey be taken from the mighty or the lawful captive delivered? But thus saith the Lord, even the captives of the mighty shall be taken away and the prey of the terrible shall be delivered. For I will contend with him that contends with you and I will save thy children. God is saying, I'll fight with those that fight with you. So any nation or any people that opposes the Jew is not just contending with a race of people, they are contending with the eternal God of heaven. I will feed them that oppress thee with their own flesh, and they shall be drunken with their own blood. And as with sweet wine and all flesh shall know that I the Lord am the Savior and thy Redeemer, the Mighty One of Jacob. The whole world will know it. And, of course, God tells us in the day that he destroys the invading Russian army with her allies, shall the whole world know that I am God. And I'll be sanctified before the nations of the earth. Now in chapter 50, another marvelous prophecy of Jesus Christ and of the humiliation that he would receive from his own people. 
Thus saith the Lord, talking to Israel now, Where is the bill of your mother's divorcement, whom I have put away? Or which of my creditors is it to whom I have sold you? Behold, for your iniquities have you sold yourselves, and for your transgressions is your mother put away. So God is declaring that the nation was divorced. It was put away because of the transgressions. And that God did not sell them to their enemies. They sold themselves by their own iniquities. They had turned from God the fountain of living water. They worshiped the other gods. They sold themselves. Wherefore, when I came, was there no man? When I called, there was none to answer. Is my hand shortened at all that it cannot redeem, or have I no power to deliver? God said, I called, but you didn't answer. I came, but no one met me. And so Jesus came to his own, his own received him not. He called unto them, they would not respond. We'll continue with more of our verse-by-verse Bible study in the book of Isaiah on our next broadcast. As Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible, and we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, Simply order Isaiah 48 through 50 when visiting the wordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's the wordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD, and our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is The Word for Today, P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of the Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. May the Lord be with you bless you and keep you. May he bring you into a fresh awareness of his presence. And may you experience a fresh work of God within your lives. May God help you in those areas of your life where you have experienced failures in your past And may you experience God's power and God's strength helping you to overcome. That you will not be overcome with evil, but you will overcome evil with good through His Spirit working in you. God bless and God keep This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. 
Have you ever had a friend who's not a believer and they ask you a question about the Bible and you're thrilled? Finally, they want to know about God, but then you go blank because you can't remember the scripture that would answer their very question? You're not alone. It happens to me all the time, and I think if only I had a quick scripture reference that would help me right then and there, that would be perfect. Well, guess what I found? Pastor Chuck's Old and New Testament study guides are available to download as ebooks instantly to your phone or mobile device. Now, whenever you need to find the meaning to a scripture reference quickly, you can. Pastor Chuck has written great little Bible commentaries to help anyone come to a better understanding of God's Word. To find out more and to read a book preview, visit thewordfortoday.org and click on the link to download the Old and New Testament study guides by Chuck Smith. Or if you would like to order these books in print, call The Word for Today at 800 272 